Welcome to Hostel Homies, a podcast focused on the best parts of backpacker culture. I'm your host, Joe Glasgow. Each week I sit down with a new guest, ranging from the people I meet while I'm abroad to professionals who work in the travel industry. Listen along as they share hilarious and inspiring travel stories, unparalleled recommendations on where to go, and tips for seeing the world on a budget. For Hostel Homies, it's all about the journey, the destination, and the people you meet along the way. Hello, Hostel Homies. This episode is brought to you by The Hostel Group. Visit thehostelgroup.com and support hostels by booking direct. So the backwards flag is kind of the, the perfect metaphor for it, huh? Yeah, exactly. And if I knew how to Photoshop it, I still wouldn't because I was just, it's just like, this is, this is so symbolic of, of what it was like to be there with, you know, 30 foreign backpackers from all around the world celebrating someone else's national day. That's amazing. Well, I hope I hope you still have the picture because if we're allowed to, I would love to share it on our page. Uh, something for everyone to look at on our Instagram and our blog. I also love talking about the, and I, I, I've talked about this in episodes in the past, I believe, but when you're with a group of people, when it's like everyone is from different places, you kind of get to create this team. This person's from Peru, this person is from New Zealand, and you get this kind of like world team. And, and just the fact that you're holding up the flag of the country you're in with that world team, that image makes me very happy, even without seeing it already. Working at the hostel, do you still stay in hostels or did some of that get ruined after seeing how the sausage is made? So working in a hostel, I had to see uh, some of the bullshit <laughs> that people who work in hostels have to deal with. Yeah. And um, a- a- as somebody that has such a passion for hostels, you know, that, that could be that could be difficult. You know, hostels are a community environment and uh, sometimes people forget about that or they just don't care. And so they just they do things that make everybody else around them inconvenienced or uncomfortable or unhappy. And um, the staff is, is left having to deal with that. And I, I was in an extremely fortunate position that uh, my management, they wanted me to be, um, you know, the, the fun guy. They wanted Byron to be the person that shows you how much fun it is to be in Sydney, how much fun it is to stay at May's Backpackers. Mm-hmm. They just wanted me to constantly exude positive energy. And so I didn't have to deal with any of this negativity. It was all of the people that worked at reception who had uh. to deal with it when somebody is, you know, causing whatever issue it was that day, it wasn't my problem to deal with. And so I was very grateful to um, my team members who had to, to pick up those pieces. Uh, but yeah, when you work in a hostel, you do see the other side of it. Um, and that can be challenging. But after working at May's Backpackers, I, I love hostels even more than, than, I, than I thought possible. Because as I said, I got to see people grow personally. When we visit hostels as a guest, we hear about that, right? Like people tell us about their travel stories and what they learned from, you know, visiting all these other countries. Mm-hmm. But it's an, it's an entirely different experience to actually witness it, to be around people in a hostel, you know, for uh, a course of a couple of months as opposed to a couple of days and just really see how this experience of traveling 
and being independent and, and figuring it out for yourself when you're in a foreign country and you, you don't know how this society that you're in works. So to kind of witness that growth, it's amazing. And there's few places in the world that are quite like that. Oh, that's great to hear. Did anything happen to you in Australia uh, and this can be involving the hostel or not, uh, that seemed scary, uh, dangerous, embarrassing at the time that you can look back on now and, and kind of laugh about? So after spending six months living in, and working in Sydney, I was ready to actually go out and see more of Australia and mm-hmm. actually do the holiday part, right? Like it's the work and holiday visa. So that was my work. And now it was time for a holiday. I had done a pretty good job of being disciplined and saving up some money. So I bought a motorcycle um, and my girlfriend and I, we traveled uh, across Australia on two motorcycles. So this is actually something that uh, we first got into when we were in Vietnam. There's mm-hmm. a lot of backpackers that buy motorcycles and do a trip from uh, the south to the north and the north to the south. And we did that trip just like a lot of other people. And we had such an amazing time that now whenever I travel, I try to do a motorcycle road trip. Mm-hmm. So this road trip, is kind of like if you did a, a motorcycle road trip from New York down to Miami. You know, you're going from one corner to the other kind of, and you're getting warmer and going up to the tropics as you get closer. So that was the holiday part. And one day, one day we're out on the road and uh, it's getting dark. And we're on this highway and highways are boring. They're flat, they're straight. There's not a lot to see. And I see on Google Maps that there's this scenic country road that we could get off of and it would wind through the countryside and it would meet back up with the highway ways down the road. And so I said, this this would be so much more fun and interesting to see than just the highway. Mm -hmm. So we pull off the highway and we go on this country road and it's beautiful. And we have all this like stunning scenery and there's just rolling pastures and, and cows and the sun is setting and it's just all these beautiful shades of orange and red and yellow. And then um, it starts really setting and it gets dark and we get back to the highway and it's like pitch dark. And Australia is mostly a pretty remote country. So their highways are not lit up at night. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're completely dark. So we're out on this stretch of road, pitch dark. Uh, motorcycles do not emit a lot of light and there are these, you know, big rig truckers out there in Australia, uh, driving these huge road trains. And, uh, it was, it, it was one of the most frightening experiences of my life. And that, that is including, uh, I, I felt way safer on, on the roads of Vietnam than <laughs> I did, uh, when I was in the dark on the highway at, in Australia, which is, which is really uh, it, saying something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Because look, I saw I, I saw plenty of people get injured on motorcycles in Vietnam, and mm-hmm. and what you break a bone, you like rub some of your skin off. Like, oh well, like you'll <laughs> you'll you'll bounce back from that. Right, like right. if I got hit by one of these enormous tractor trailers that is, are doing like 120 kilometers per hour, uh, yeah, I would not bounce back from that. <laughs> so that was terrifying. And um, I drank lots of alcohol when we finally made it to our destination and didn't have to drive anymore for the night. Uh, and now I can look back on that and say, 
Oh, that wasn't that a great decision to take that scenic <laughs> country road? <laughs> you were able to you were able to go and uh, and kind of cope with cope with the stress by just boozing <laughs> boozing in Australia. Yeah, That's good. well, it was uh, I don't know one of those like classic couple moments mm-hmm. um, where one person makes a decision that impacts both people, and then it turns out to kind of be the wrong decision, and then sure. the other person's like, "I told you so. <laughs> I told you we should." stayed on the highway (laughs) i know those moments i know those moments well um what what do you miss the most about the experience and and i would like to tie it back to the to the working in the in the hostel experience in general what what do you miss the most about working in the hostel in sydney what i miss most is actually just being a part of a society where travelers are part of the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, here in the United States, we have hostels, we have people that are backpacking across the United States, but they're mostly invisible to us. Uh, we don't, there's not that many of them and we just don't really notice them. But because of this working holiday that they have in Australia, uh, the backpackers are actually, they're just, they're a part of the fabric of Australian society. Like backpackers work in, if you're an Australian, backpackers work in your restaurants, they do construction on your house, they take care of your children as au pairs, they're integrated into your community, whether you yourself are a traveler and a globetrotter or, or not at all. That's really cool for this to just kind of be in the mainstream as opposed to a lot of other places where being like this budget backpacker traveler staying at these hostels like it it, sometimes you can be in a place where you feel like you're like a part of some counterculture movement or Uh something so i just I, i really i miss being in australia where i walk around sydney on my way into the hostel and i just like pass by five different people young people wearing like their enormous backpacks and I'm just like, Oh, there's a backpack. Oh, there's a backpack. Oh, there's a backpack. <laughs> and you know, I, I, sometimes I'll stop and I chat with them and like, you know, some people are like coming from the airport and they've literally just started their year. Some people are on their way to the airport. They've just spent two years of their life in Australia and it's finally time for them to go back home. And then all sorts of people somewhere in between there. And it just, it was a regular occurrence. It was nothing exotic and, I wish that there were more places in the world like that. I God, I couldn't agree more. Just you saying that 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 image of people, especially kind of freshly coming from the airport, a group of friends with backpacks on, like that gives me goosebumps. That's like one of my favorite things. One of my favorite things to yes. see. The anticipation. Yes. The new beginning. Right. They have so much. They have so much to look forward to, and they have no idea how the fuck it's going to go down. Yep. Definitely. You clearly met a lot of people during this time, uh, backpackers and locals, and it seems like you've traveled a lot in your past. So is there anyone that stands out, uh, and this can be multiple people, who've had a, a big impact on your on your life that you've met during any time in your travels? So the, the first person is someone that I met when I was in Vietnam, (laughs) I was on my motorcycle road trip and we stayed in this town called Dalat, which a lot of people visit when they're backpacking through Vietnam. We stayed at this little family owned hostel and the owner's name was Mr. Vu. And he was just the most outgoing, sociable guy, spoke flawless English and spent all of his time talking to his guests. And after spending a few days with him, I, I got really comfortable with him and i gave him some ideas that i had you know just uh for the hostel 
And he said to me, those are great ideas. Uh, Why don't you stay and work for me? Like, I'll give you a place to stay. I'll give you a wage. And, you know, you can make those ideas into reality. You know, when he said that to me, I was absolutely flabbergasted because at that point in my life, I had never even considered working in a hostel. Mm -hmm. And everybody in life goes through and, and, and people are, you know, imparting their quote unquote wisdom on your life. You know, they're saying to you, Oh, Joe, like you, you were on this podcast, like, you know what you should do mm-hmm. here, here are my bright ideas. Um, sure, and sure. so, you know, that's all, that's all that I was doing here. I was just like, I don't, I stay in hostels, but I don't own one, you know? So, and, but the fact that he took that, uh, to heart and, and, and was actually interested in that, that just, that opened this vortex in my mind to like, I could work for hostels. <laughs> and so Mr. Vu of Delat Backpackers in Vietnam if you're listening to this right now, you have changed my life forever, sir. And I need to come back and visit you real soon. He set you on a path. He set you on a path to, to continuously do this. Yes, he did. He is my OG hostile homie. <laughs> yeah. yeah, Mr. Vu. Uh, the other person that I've met during my travels who, who has really changed things for me is the people who are behind Traveler's Oasis which is a hostel in Cairns, Australia. Mm-hmm. And they hired me to help them run their website. And they have this amazing story because they bought this hostel as a young married couple and just made it their life's work. And they raised their family while they're in this hostel. They acquire a second hostel in town. So their kids are growing up in the midst of a hostel like, I can't imagine a more amazing place as a kid to grow up right. in a hostel, being surrounded by like young people who speak all different languages and come from around the world. So amazing. But uh, they, they get so good at it that they start winning the Hosker year after year. And for anybody that doesn't know what the Hosker is, the Hosker is Hosta World's version of the Oscars where they give out an award for, you know, the best hostel in Australia or the best hostel in Oceania. And Traveler's Oasis has just consistently like crushed it. They they win this prize for the past four years in a row. And I I, I was amazed not only that they were able to do that, because I don't think any other hostel in the world has done that to my knowledge, but Besides the fact that they were able to do that, these these people hired me to work on their website because they still want to improve. And I, I I'm just like I admire their their ethic, their work ethic so much because you'd think that like if you won four Oscars, you'd just be like, Yeah, okay, I've I've achieved enough. I've done enough. Like <laughs> I can kick back and just like go to the beach and just like coast from here on out, just right. rest on my laurels. But like Kathy and Gabe are still there in cans every day, like working sun up to sundown to 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 just make the best possible experience for their guests, and it, it's I, it's such an inspiration, and I hope that my life turns out something like theirs. That's beautiful, God. The, the two people who impacted your life the most, really. I mean, they're they're just helping you form your career. They're giving you this background with with hostels in general. And, and that kind of leads to the, the next question, which is backpacker biz, your venture. Can you tell us about this? 
Yes. So Backpacker Biz started because I wanted to be a digital nomad. I met people in hostels around the world when I was just on vacation and I saw them working from their laptop. Uh, you know, I was there in, in Costa Rica in the town of Jaco and this guy's like coding shirtless in his like swim trunks. And I'm just, like, this is amazing. Like, uh -huh. how do I get to do this? How do I get to like sit on the beach in Costa Rica and get paid for it? And um, I, I, I started thinking about it and I realized that I wasn't going to go and become a computer science major or anything. But what I could do was um, build websites. I noticed that there are a lot of hostels out there that had pretty crappy websites and I thought, um, I, I could, I could do this. You know, everybody talks these days about, Oh, Squarespace, you know, anyone can, can build a great website. Uh -huh. And so I thought, well, I, I, I can do that too. So I started a business, um, to help hostels with their websites and it's, it's only grown from there. I, I do really great websites and, I, and we also do, uh, content marketing and search engine optimization, and basically everything to manage your your presence on the internet. And this is just something that is only going to become more and more important for hostels. I think that's great. I think it's going to help change the hostel industry for the better, which does need a lot of positive change as much as, you know, I've talked about this before, but as much as I love staying in hostels, there are a lot of negative parts about them. Because the two of us are, are Americans here, like we actually have a, a different experience about this because hostels are more ingrained in the social fabric of Australia or in Europe. Um, but Joe, I don't know if anyone's ever said this to you, but I've heard people say, oh, I've stayed in hostels when I was overseas in Europe backpacking, mm -hmm. but I didn't even know we had hostels here in the United States. And so people here in the United States, especially like there, there's a lot of work to be done. You know, Generator is this massive company that has dozens of hostels in Europe and they proudly call themselves Generator Hostels in Europe, but they opened a new location in Miami, Florida, their first US location, and they dropped the word hostel because they thought Americans don't understand hostels, they're afraid of them. And so they just decided that they didn't want to have that weigh them down. So they got rid of it. If you're a hostel homie and you love staying in hostels and you know some Americans that think that you're crazy for it, do us all a favor and bring that person with you next time that you stay at a hostel and, and show them what an experience it is. Because most times when people go and they stay in a hostel, they, they go away loving it. And they're mm -hmm. just like, they're converted. And there's so many people when you work in a hostel who check out and say, oh, this is my first time staying in a hostel. I was a little bit nervous about this whole, you know, sharing a room with strangers thing, but I had such a good time and I'm definitely going to stay at hostels from now on. And the entire hostel world, the entire hostel industry globally will be better off if we can get more people to understand that truth about hostels, because then instead of each hostel trying to compete for the backpackers that are already out there and the people who accept hostels as like a form of accommodation, if we can get more people who normally say, no, 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 I don't stay at hostels. I just do hotels. I just do Airbnbs. If we can bring them in, then instead of fighting for a bigger piece of the pie, like we're growing the pie and that'll just make the whole hostel industry better off.
Yes, spread the good word about hostels. And especially, you're right, in, in the U.S. we need it because we have this weird connotation with the word. And it doesn't help with the fact that the only film that came out that's called Hostel, or should I say films, because there's multiple of them, are about traveling, staying in a hostel, and getting tortured to death. Hostel 1 through Hostel 3, these are all <laughs> horror films about the, the absolute worst things that can happen while you travel, and they, they decide to to set it at a, at a hostel, <laughs> which, which doesn't yes, happen. Definitely. <laughs> yeah, no, it, it's all made up. But if, if, if you want to watch something that's like professionally produced about hostels, then like get on YouTube and look at these celebrity videos that hostel world paid for that. Uh, so one of them's with Mariah Carey, one yes. of them's with Charlie, Dean, one of them's with 50 cent. The 50 cent one is my favorite one personally. And, they're they're uh, they're funny now. I don't think that Hostel World should have done them because celebrity videos are obviously really expensive to make, mm-hmm. and hostels are still such a small niche that like a lot of hostel owners were up in arms. They're like, "You spent our commission dollars on Mariah Carey, like what a waste!" <laughs> uh, but, you know, for whatever reason, they decided to do that. It's out there. Watch it. That's way better professionally produced hostel entertainment than those god-awful horror movies yes no but, kidding. Uh, yeah one last mention uh, on the american hostel industry uh, another project that i'm currently working on is a new organization for hostels exclusively in the united states it's called american hostels and the aim is to bring the u.s hostel community together so that hostels here can teach each other and grow together and um, that's something that we're doing to kind of reform the image of hostels. The, the same way that uh, most 90s kids will remember, like those Got Milk commercials, where like all these farmers get together, like put their money into a giant pool of cash. And then they make all these videos talking about like not one specific brand of milk, but the idea of like, you know, drink milk. It's, you know, Got Milk. That's what <laughs> right. we're trying to do. It's just putting the word out. Instead yeah. Of each- yeah, and instead of just promoting, like, no, come stay at my hostel, it's just like, you know, while you're traveling America, like, stay at a hostel. If anybody wants to learn more, they can check out AmericanHostels.us. This is still in its early days. We only started this past summer, mm-hmm. so there's not really much content out there for travelers. But this is something where we want to create a range of quality hostels around the United States that we can showcase to travelers so that that way we make sure that their first hostel experience is really high quality. You know, first impressions are everything. And even though most people, when they stay at a hostel for the first time, they love it and they want to keep doing it. If they have the misfortune of choosing the wrong hostel for the first time and they have a terrible experience, it's very unlikely that they'll ever book a hostel again. So we want to show the travelers the best options here in the U.S. so that they can have a really good time and, and, and be converted to to hostels well with backpacker biz and and american hostels i think you're on to two very good ventures that are that's going to help the industry out a bunch so i'm very happy you're doing those and before i get to the final question of the episode um just to kind of tie things up with the theme of the episode any any final words any advice tips warnings to people who are considering doing the australian working holiday visa 
If you're thinking about doing the working holiday visa in Australia, you need to believe that you can do it. Uh, there's a lot of people that just get so frightened of the idea of moving, not just visiting, but moving to a country that they've never been to before, where they don't know a single soul and having to figure it all out for themselves. Mm -hmm. And the fear can be paralyzing and it can lead people to either say that they don't want to do it at all or uh, when they first get there and they encounter the slightest resistance, they start to doubt themselves and they start making plans to bail. And I really believe that you can do it because I've seen it happen. You know, every year, thousands of people that are 18 years old and just finished high school, just left home, they've been with mommy and daddy their entire lives, they come to Australia and they figure it out and they have the most amazing life-changing experience. And so if they can do it, then you can do it too. Uh, you know, I, I have the, just like the utmost admiration, especially for people that like English is not their first language. You, you know, you see these French backpackers, they come and they barely speak any English. Mm -hmm. And then after they've been there for a while, they're, you know, they're completely fluent. It's amazing to see. But the point is, is that like, you can do it too. Everybody can do it. Australia is such a hospitable country. You know, it's safe. It, it, it's really easy to find a job there. Um, the wages are high. It's not hard to find a place to live. There are so many great hostels that will welcome you with open arms. The one thing that is like a caveat is uh, don't get yourself stuck in a shitty situation um, mm -hmm. by like backing yourself into a corner. So a lot of the horror stories that I heard working at Maze uh, from people who had had bad experiences in Australia, their stories all started with one out of two issues. Either uh, they were in a situation where they barely had any money left, or they were in a situation where they barely had any time left on their visa. Mm -hmm. And so there are unscrupulous people out there that recognize that uh, backpackers who are doing the working holiday in Australia are new to the country. They don't know the rules. They don't know the laws. They don't understand the norms. And so they will sometimes take advantage of backpackers and uh, pay them really low wages that are far below market rates or just you know straight up stiff them. People are putting down deposits and then not getting them returned. You know, there there are ways that people are getting taken advantage of every every day, and that's not to scare you, but it's just to say that if if you don't let yourself get into a situation where you're out of time or you're out of money, then like you can recover, you can fix it, you can like uh, make it happen again. In fact, this is what happened to me. My first job in Australia was actually at another hostel. And I worked at another hostel that the owner of the hostel um, was unethical and he wanted me to break Australian laws mm -hmm. and I wasn't willing to do it. And so if I was in a position where I was out of time or if I was out of money, I would have really had no choice. 
but because I didn't let my dough run too low, you know, I booked a, a, a Greyhound bus ticket from that town to Sydney and I started over again in Sydney and like I completely bounced back and I had a way better time in Australia than I ever would if I if I had stayed there. Mm-hmm. But I would have been forced to stay there um, if, if I hadn't uh, been able to afford an exit strategy. So go out there, make it happen. You can do it. Doesn't matter who you are. You can have a great time in Australia and you should. Um, but don't get yourself stuck in a shitty situation by either, um, you know, partying too much and spending all of your money or procrastinating on your farm work and waiting until you've been in Australia for nine months and you have only three months to get those farm days. You'll have such um, a better time and you'll you just that will have fewer issues if you can, um, you know, take time to, to do it right. Excellent advice. And I, I want to bring up the fact that you've done such a good job of, of painting a picture of what this experience is like and the ups and the downs of it all. And in a truly inspiring way, I mean, uh, I feel super lucky as the host to, to get to talk with people who share their stories and experiences about travel. And they have a direct effect on me. You know, the, the episode with the German guy who hitchhiked through Ireland. You know, I did that three days later because I talked to him and I, I loved the sound of it and I wanted to see what that's like. The uh, hostel owner who did the Camino de Santiago in Spain, you know, I'm, I have plans of doing that. I have a flight set out to do that this April. Talking with you about the Australian working holiday visa, I'm going to have to do this now and I, th- I think we're going to have to do an episode while I'm out there so we can do... It's kind of a recap of, of what you're going through, but I'll also want to talk over uh, my experiences when I when I inevitably go out there now. Yeah, fantastic, Joe. I, I really hope that you do. Um, but I also really hope that um, everybody who hears this, like I hope that they will spread the word about this mm-hmm. because uh, there are so many Americans, especially, that don't even know that this exists. And I feel like it's now my civic duty to just like spread the word about this because this experience of spending a year in Australia, it changed my life forever. And um, I only found out about it because I had previously taken a vacation to Australia and I was staying at a hostel and asking people, oh, how long have you been here? And someone said, oh, three months, six months, nine months. And I said, how are these people taking such long vacations? Like, how can they afford that? I'm here in Australia for two weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, and then people told me about the working holiday and, and like, it just opened up my mind to it because, you know, there's just, they, they don't teach you this stuff in school, do they? So now, now that it, you who is listening to this podcast right now, you have been given uh, knowledge and knowledge is power. And with power, comes responsibility okay like spider-man all right that's right so you even if you decide that you're not in a place in your life to go out and take a working holiday in australia uh if if you encounter someone that is uh then you know it is your it is you are is incumbent upon you to to spread this knowledge further down the line and pay it forward you you you're absolutely right with this this knowledge is selective it, you you really only hear about this when you're on the road when you're staying in hostels when you're traveling meeting other travelers because you're right we don't we don't get a newsletter <laughs> telling us hey you've got this great opportunity that you can take advantage of in Australia so i agree if you're if you're listening to this whether you're interested or not spread the word so the the question 
and as uh, someone who has listened to the episodes before, you know the you know the question I'm going to ask. I ask it every episode. But where in the world uh, do you think everyone should visit at some point? Uh, and this can be a city, a neighborhood, or as specific as a, a restaurant you ate at or a park bench you once sat on. Uh, so I think that everybody at some point um, they just need to get off of the trail. Uh, and what, what I mean is that there, there's so many, uh, trails around the world, you know, you've got like the banana pancake trail through, uh, Southeast Asia, you've got Mm -hmm. the gringo trail in South America, and you have all these places where like people are, um, constantly going to, and they're great places to go. Like they're popular for a reason because they have so much to offer, but also these places have, uh, become accustomed to accepting you like they've adapted to this regular influx of you know western uh, tourists coming to see them all the time and so you have such a different experience when you get off of the trail the most recent experience that i had off of the trail was um i did some backpacking through asia after i finished australia and we stopped off in Bali and then we went to Malaysia and then we went to Thailand. And when I was in Bali and when I was in Thailand, I was firmly on the trail. Yes. I was always surrounded by like other backpackers, other tourists, um, you know, English language translations were always close at hand. Uh, it, it, nothing was a struggle. It's just all laid out before you to make it nice and easy. Uh, but then when I went to Malaysia um, and I went to Kuala Lumpur, suddenly the, the, the tourists were few and far between. Mm-hmm. And it was just such a different experience exploring a place that has not been modified for your simplicity and your ease. And when when you get off the trail, your experience is like so much more, I, I hate to say it, but authentic. Right. Like we crave this authenticity and we all want like that Instagram photo that nobody else has. Right. But and and so you really do get like that that authenticity when you get off of the trail. Um, but not only that, you grow more as a person through the struggles, you know, through overcoming the adversity that comes away. And lastly, your tourism dollars have a much bigger impact. Uh, if, if, if you go to some place that is not used to receiving lots of tourists, then, you know, for you to be there, um, spending your money in the local economy, like it has, uh, the potential to leave a bigger impact than when you go to some place where like you're one in a billion tourists that visit them that year. I really like that way of looking at it as, as not only getting off the beaten path for yourself, but to also, to also help out these, these other communities that you're visiting. Byron. It's been so great to have you on the podcast. This has been a wonderful discussion, and we are going to get you back on the podcast at some point in the future to follow up with American Hostels. And, uh, and like I said, when, when I'm doing this Australian work and working holiday visa, you're, you might have to talk me through it like you talked the, the German kid through his. So thank you again for, for being on the podcast. Oh, you're, you're so welcome. I, I'm, I'm so happy that you had me on. I I, I love the Hostel Homies podcast. I, I, I listen to you talk to the other guests and each time I'm just like, yes, these are my people. Like this is my tribe right now. I, I get <laughs> I get so excited like listening to this. So to be accepted into this, uh, you know, into this podcast, like 
I, I've been looking forward to it. It's so much ever since, you know, we first got in touch with each other. And um, for, for people that are out there and, you know, they want to learn more about things that we mentioned, um, Semester at Sea, you know, it's semesteratsea.org. It's a, you know, study abroad program traveling around the world on a cruise ship. Uh, if you want information about the working holiday or the work and holiday from Americans, you know, just Google it. It's the, it's the first result that comes up. And yeah, if you have a hostel or if you're someone that is aspiring to have a hostel, you know, I love talking about hostel management all day long from sunup to sundown. It's all that I think about and I never get tired of it. So, you know, just reach out to me, backpackerbiz.com. Perfect. And all of this for the listeners, all of this information I will have in the show notes as well as on the hostelhomies.com blog. Thank you as always for listening to Hostel Homies.